Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Just before we start the service, here are some announcements and things to know. During this time of worshiping online, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecmu.com. Click on online giving. You can give through your bank's bill pay option, or you can give by mail. If you'd like offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. Join us for our next outdoor worship service on Sunday, January 3rd at 1030. Join us for worship, a message, communion, and some fellowship, six feet apart, of course. Spaces are limited and pre-registration is required. So check your newsletter or visit our website for more information. We would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. Once again, welcome to worship. Hello, Stonebridge. Welcome to online worship this weekend. I'm Pastor John, one of the pastors here at Stonebridge Community Church. And this week, we get to hear a sermon from Pastor Jonathan, our associate pastor here. And we're beginning a new sermon series entitled, Two Words That Change Everything. We'll be focusing on the I am statements in the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, Jesus uses this phrase, I am, and then gives us a metaphor to understand who he is and what his mission was and who our Lord and Savior is. So this week we'll be focusing on Jesus' statement, I am the vine. I'm looking forward to hearing the word of God preached. But I invite you now to join with us as we worship our Lord. Join with us as we sing praises to God and join with us as we hear the word of God preached. Welcome to worship.
Hello, Stonebridge. When you make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, what type of jelly do you prefer? As a child, I grew up on a property that was large enough to have a vegetable garden that included zucchinis and carrots and beets. It also had a terraced orchard that included tangerine trees, a fig tree, and an apricot tree. And squeezed in between all of this was a grapevine a sad, neglected grapevine that sprawled thinly over concrete blocks. It wasn't too impressive, but every once in a while, the vine produced a bushel of grapes, little things that were more the size of blueberries than grapes. But with a sense of excitement, my mom would clip them off the vine and rinse them in the kitchen sink and lay them out on the kitchen counter as if they were the pride of Napa. My older siblings knew better, and being the youngest, my sister would goad me into eating some, and oh my goodness, what little juice they had. They were so sour, absolutely terrible. I'd immediately just spit them out. I was disgusted, at which point they'd all laugh at me, the merry pranksters. Long story short, when I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I prefer strawberry jam. Thank you very much. Today's message is the first of a six-week message series called Two Words That Change Everything. You're probably wondering what those two words are. The two words are, I am. The series is based on Jesus's I am sayings in the Gospel of John. And if you're not familiar with the Gospel of John, and if you're not familiar with some of these sayings, that's okay. We're going to discover them along the way. But today's scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, and it includes verse 8 as well. Our children's and family director, Stephanie Lady, is going to read that scripture for us today. Hi, Stonebridge. I'm Stephanie Lady, director of children's and family ministries. Our scripture today comes from John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6 and 8. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. You are already pruned because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is God's word to us today. So let's cut to the chase. Let's begin with the bottom line of today's scripture and then backwards engineer helpful applications for our lives. The first point I want to make in today's message is this. Bear fruit worthy of the vine. Bear fruit worthy of the vine. Now, what I learned through eating sour grapes as a child was reinforced this week by what I read about propagating luscious grapes. And perhaps it shouldn't be a surprise that, hey, 
Jesus was right. Apparently, a wild grapevine left to its own devices, much like the one in my childhood backyard, goes where it wants, and as it does, it thins itself out so much that ultimately it produces small, sour grapes. Perhaps you've seen the video advertised on late-night television, Vines Grown Wild. Nothing of virtue there. Now, what's interesting to me, though, is in the Bible's Old Testament, when the prophets used similar imagery, it was often used to describe the nation of Israel as a vine grown wild. Nothing of virtue there. God's people producing spiritual sour grapes. A sour example of God's nation to the world. Essentially, words of condemnation. The absolute opposite of what God wanted from his nation. The absolute opposite of what God wanted from his people. Now, let's be honest. There's a little of that in today's text. However, in today's text, it comes as a precautionary warning. So, how are good grapes produced? I'm going to address this question first agriculturally, and then I'm going to address it spiritually. Agriculturally speaking, how are good grapes produced? Well, just like Jesus taught, good fruit, good grapes are accomplished by aggressive pruning. So I learned some things in preparation for this message. Did you know, for example, that it takes three years before a grapevine will bear fruit? In other words, before good fruit can ever be produced, the plant needs to be matured. Another thing I learned comes from Oregon State's Agricultural Department, and I quote, when pruning grapevines, the majority of wood produced from the previous season, about 90% should be pruned off. And that 90% that is pruned off is not the vine stock itself, it's the branches. Of course, by aggressively pruning a grapevine, the energy and the resources of the plant are focused in order to accomplish maximum results, in order to accomplish maximum growth, in order to accomplish maximum fruit. So spiritually speaking, what does this mean for you and I? In today's scripture, Jesus describes himself as the true vine and he describes his disciples, he describes his followers, he describes people like you and me as branches. And what God expects from us is to bear fruit worthy of the vine. Elsewhere in the Bible, in the letter of Galatians, we're taught that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So within us, God desires to transform our character. And of course, qualities like these will overflow into our relationships with others through generosity, through charity, through goodwill. And God, who is the gardener in Jesus's analogy, accomplishes fruit worthy of the vine within us by pruning us. Now, it's not a stretch of the imagination to think that's going to be a challenging process. It's going to be a little painful. Remember, 90% of last year's 
let's call it waste, 90% of last year's waste is pruned off in order for maximum results for growth next year. 90% of waste is pruned off in order for growth in the future. Wow. We have character flaws that God desires to lop off, to eradicate, so that what remains can grow stronger. If that sounds threatening to you, let me put it in another more positive light. In the original language of today's scripture, the word prune can also mean cleanse. In fact, in the original language, the word prune is catharizo. Catharizo. Does that sound like anything to you? It's from this Greek that we get the healing words catharsis and the word cathartic. I love this. I love this because it reveals that God's pruning process in my life doesn't need to be feared, but instead welcomed. By God's pruning at work within our lives, God is working on us in order to cleanse us, in order to heal us, in order to gift us with catharsis. Not only that, but what we see in this pruning, what we see in this catharsis is God's grace. What we cannot do for ourselves, God is doing within us on our behalf. And that is good news. So the first point of today's message is bear fruit worthy of the vine. And I've just spent some time explaining how this is accomplished not by us, but by God's pruning of our lives. Well, Pastor Jonathan, isn't there anything we can do to bear fruit worthy of the vine? I believe the scripture's answer to this question is yes. The scripture reads, those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Those who abide in me bear much fruit. So the second point of today's message is this. Abide in the vine. Abide in the vine. So at this point in the message, allow me to introduce to you Brother Lawrence. Perhaps you've heard of him. Brother Lawrence was born into a peasant family and lived from 1640 to 1691. Now, born into poverty, circumstances forced him to become a soldier where he fought in the Thirty Years' War that devastated much of Central Europe. In a battle, he unfortunately was wounded and he became permanently disabled. And this traumatic event caused him to fall back into his Catholic, ritualistic, religious upbringing. Over time, Brother Lawrence became a Carmelite monk in Paris, where for years his primary duties were serving in the monastery's kitchen, and then later in life he repaired sandals for the monastery. So why are we talking about Brother Lawrence 300 years later? Because despite his humble beginnings, in his own lifetime, Brother Lawrence's radical and, and radiant character attracted many people to him. 
he had a reputation for being both candid and humorous. But most importantly, he emanated a profound sense of divine peace. This guy knew how to abide in the true vine. So much so that visitors sought him out for spiritual guidance. Through recorded conversations and preserved letters, eventually his wisdom became the book, The Practice of the Presence of God. This guy knew how to abide in the vine. I'm going to share with you the bare essential of Brother Lawrence's spiritual wisdom in hopes that by doing so, it will help all of us better abide in the vine. Now, Brother Lawrence, who remember was a Catholic, did not abide in God through religious rituals. And by religion, I mean a disciplined repetition of religious practices, or as he describes them, a spiritual life made up of a series of stages. After 10 years of struggling with how to live comfortably with God's presence in his life, he concludes, and I quote, My troubled soul found profound inner peace. Ever since that time, I have simply walked before God in faith, with humility and with love, and I apply myself diligently to do nothing but please God. I do what I can, and then I let God do with me whatever he wants. Brother Lawrence also instructed that this journey with God begins with giving yourself fully to God as the first love of your life. Lastly, and I know this is a bit of an aside, but I think it's liberating and that's why I share it with you. How did Brother Lawrence deal with personal sin? And what I mean by this is, is the daily trash that we accumulate. It's those, those outbursts of anger, the shaking of the fist, the frustrations we have with others, uh, and perhaps harbor in our hearts. Um, you know, it's the places we shouldn't go to or the things we shouldn't do. How did Brother Lawrence deal with just the daily trash that we accumulate in our lives? And you know what he said? He said he immediately confessed his missteps to God and moved forward. He immediately confessed his missteps to God and moved forward, fully trusting by faith in God's thorough forgiveness in Jesus Christ. See, Brother Lawrence didn't allow daily trash to build up. He didn't allow daily trash to fester. As soon as it was there, he let Jesus take it to the curb and he moved on. Now, I lift up Brother Lawrence as an example of abiding in the vine because, firstly, his daily spiritual relationship with God was so profoundly simple. Surrender yourself to God. Love God in everything you do. Period. That's it. Now, secondly, his spiritual habits, his spiritual lifestyle produced fruit in his life as evidenced by all the people who were attracted to him in his own lifetime and who wanted what he had. Transformation, joy, a profound sense of peace. So I want to conclude with one final mental snapshot. Are you ready? Sunbathing. Sunbathing. 
You know, times have changed, but I'm old enough to remember when people used to lather themselves in Hawaiian tropic coconut sun oil and bask in the sunlight. Now, I know it's a funny image to end on, but here's my point. As believers, we're called to bear fruit worthy of the vine. And this is accomplished by God's cathartic pruning of our lives, but it's also accomplished by our abiding in the vine. Now, in order to thrive, all plants need sunlight. And it turns out that grapevines need a lot of sunlight. Jesus said, I am the true vine. God is the gardener. We are the branches. If we're going to be fruitful in our lives, then in the spirit of Brother Lawrence's simplicity, we need to bask in the light. If we're going to bear fruit in our lives, then we need to bask in the light. We need to bask in the light of God. Amen. As we reflect on Pastor Jonathan's message, I would like to invite you to join me in prayer. After a few moments of quiet contemplation, I will also invite you to say the Lord's Prayer with me. Heavenly Father, we open our hearts and lives to you, that you might make our lives fruitful and whole. In your mercy and grace, heal us where we hurt and make new the places where we are broken. Help us to remember that it is you who sustains us and through your spirit, we grow and bear good fruit. Now, please join me in saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Victoria
Thank you for worshiping with Stonebridge online this weekend. And now let me send you off with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and give you a peace, much like the peace that Brother Lawrence experienced. Abide in the true vine and bear fruit worthy of the vine. Go in peace.
Son of Mary. 